Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Happy New Year everyone and welcome to episode 140 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I'm Jay Duke. And I'm Zach Meisenheimer. And I'm Slamo. We're bringing you part two now of our end of season round tables where we're going to have a, a look at the, the future for the Whitecaps. We kind of touched a little bit on what kind of club we want the Whitecaps to be last time round. This time around, we're going to kind of look at some of the players that are hanging around. Will they still be here come first kick? What needs to improve on and off the pitch? And lots of other chit-chat as well, as well as some bold predictions for 2016. So one of the first things that we're, we're going to look at for the, the time to come for the Whitecaps is Carl Robinson. He's about to enter his third year as Whitecaps coach. He's had a great first two years. He's improved in 2015 from where he was in 2014. But of course, with that comes that pressure that people expect him to improve even further. If we're analysing, though, Robbo's performances in the last two years, I mean, obviously he's the right man for the job. But, I mean, there could be questions asked possibly about his... the formations that he uses, the tactics that he uses... Rob is going to be one of the first people himself to say that he, he still has a lot to learn in the game as a manager. Do you think he can take this club too much further? Or do you feel that he's got what it takes to take this club to be uh, like a LA Galaxy-style powerhouse in MLS? I think you need to... As I've listened to Rob this year, his press conferences and you know the clips you put on the show and all that kind of stuff... I think you you need to we need to listen carefully. It's almost like you need to listen, read between the lines kind of thing. It's kind of awkward when you have not just Rabo, but you have Marius Rovde on uh, on other public venues going out and saying, "Yeah, if you have four four to six million, we'd love to take that and invest it in a in a in a, in a designated player." Uh, to me, that says a lot. I think it's said in jest, but it says a lot. I think it says that there there are limitations uh, that they would like to live beyond, or that they'd like to implement things beyond that, and they're being held back. I don't know that factually. I'm just saying that that's what I when I listen to them this year, and you hear those kind of comments. I think that they don't have and and the, and the, the those entrusted to be stewards of club had said in the past they are the final decision makers when it comes to designated players. They've said that publicly. 
the, the, the problem is then they then say, um, but our coach has total control. He's in charge of, he has control over everything. But when you control the designated players, you control the squad makeup. You control what's available and what positions and, and all that kind of, or you have, a, you have too much of a significant uh, role in that. So I think, I think uh, if, if that's how things are going to be, we're going to be limited in, in how far we can go. I, I, do, I do think that we have to be a little careful with that just because there's very few clubs uh, well, in the world, but certainly in the MLS, who just have a blank check and, and the, their ownership group says, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Like, we all know that the MLS isn't doing near as badly as they say they're doing, but you know you can't do what Toronto does. That's not realistic. Like, like unless you're backed by someone like MLSE, which has just pockets full of cash. The the, the and I know what you're talking about is not that we want to be TFC and just spend a whole bunch of money on a bunch of superstars to fill the the seats. But uh, the 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 final four this year were all teams who had no noticeable superstars. Now, there's there's DPs and, you know, all the clubs, but but none of them were that $6 million man, The you know, the, your Giovinco, your Dos Santos, your Robbie Keynes, your Thierry Henrys, whatever. There There is definitely a model for success that doesn't include breaking the bank on a 4 to $5 million player. And, and you can't expect... Uh, some of the more, I don't want to say small market, but medium market, let's say clubs like Vancouver to be always be in on the big ticket items. But what I will say is that once in a while you want to be competitive, you, you have to. And now's the, actually the perfect time to do that. Like say, Robo, we, we're close right now. This The stands are being filled. Like do whatever you want. You've shown us for two years now that you've been a successful recruiter. You've brought in good talent. How much do you want to spend? We'll make it happen. Go win us an MLS Cup. And I just don't know if that's actually what's happening um, when it comes to the, the player acquisition side. And, and right now, it should. I understand some reluctancy to pay the big bucks. But there's a place and a time to shell out. And it seems like now's the time. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a like there's a hybrid model, you know, that can be used, right? And it would be nice that you can say you can't do like TFC or you know it's better to follow Dallas or whatever the case may be. But I mean, if the opportunity is there, I mean, I don't see why you can't do both, right? I mean, I'm not gonna. It's not my money, so you know, I'm not gonna begrudge somebody for spending their money wisely. But at the same time, I'm a consumer, you know, honestly, and uh, I want to see. I want to see my organization winning, right? So, I mean, ultimately, that's uh, that's the goal. And I think, you know, I agree. If you can say, like, one player, spend what you need to spend, that's going to push us over the top when it's right there. If you're going to say we finished second in the West, we finished third overall, what does it take to take that same group of people and go, okay, we're, we're dominant. Not only are we going to be contenders, but we're going to dominate and win this thing, right? Is there one player that you can do that's realistic that I can spend five, six million on, whatever it needs to be, that's going to push us there? Kind of talking of that then, and we'll come back to Rob in a sec, but... That took a tangent quickly, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> since we're talking about it, we'll, we'll cover this, which we're going to cover later, but may as well mention it now. If the Caps decide that they want to bring players, obviously they're not going to bring a Javinko or a Bradley at $6 million or Dempsey they're, or whatever. They're, they're not but, paying a massive transfer fee for anybody, essentially. No, but if they want to bring bigger than they've got, like $2, 3 $4 million range, 
will those players want to come to Vancouver? Will they want to play in a on a turf pitch? This is all over overblown. It, it, that, it, that, I honestly, it's not overblown because there's a lot of people that do complain about the turf. Okay, but there's a lot of they players don't that like don't playing. complain about the turf. There's a lot of players who won't go to uh, won't go to Dallas because it's too hot. There's players who won't go, don't want to go back to. They love staying in the U.S. because they hate would hate to go back to the rain in Scotland or whatever. Yeah. But there, there's pluses and minus. Vancouver's. Uh, always one of the most livable cities in the world. It's it's gorgeous here. The weather's great. You don't have to worry about snow. The medical facilities here are good. The like it's super safe for anybody who's coming from Argentina or yeah. countries that have maybe a little more you know crime issues and stuff. I I, I don't. It, it's it's always going to be an issue. Yeah, there's always going to be positives and negatives to everywhere. Turf is a negative. It is. But uh, how many players are going to absolutely say no? What does it matter to to us if it's four million or four point five? Because you had to pay the guy an extra five hundred thousand over a team that was gonna he was gonna get four million on on grass or four and a half on on turf. I think I I, I think that those those issues can be avoided. I, I I agree, but there is a section of the the fan base in Vancouver that want to see a big name Premiership player, and those guys, especially the guys from the UK aren't going to want to come over and risk injuring themselves at a good age by playing on, on a turf surface. It's, whether, it's not whether even that realistic, s- though, right? Because it's like, how many are really been in MLS, yeah. right? I mean, but there's you, a few. But if you believe what you MLS wants to know... Like, it's not like your average, you know, you wouldn't ask 20,000 people at BC Place who Giovinco yeah. was two years ago. and I had no idea who he was because I, I don't watch... Syria. Syria, I don't yeah, watch exactly. it. So I, I was like, I've never heard of this guy. I was like, oh, he's, he's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, there you can you can go and poach. I mean, the French League's becoming a, a breeding ground, right? You know, it's all yeah. these 23-year-olds that are getting sold out or oh, younger yeah. than that. But sold. You could go to France and pick a guy out of there. You're always going to have folk, though, here that have this unrealistic expectation of, oh, Gerard's going to yeah. be what Gerard-type figure to come to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Or well, look, Avia, at, look at Pirlo, or, I mean... Pierre, he was, yeah. He's great to watch at times, but the team stunk, and he was a big yeah, reason those, for it. Like, oh, no, those are I the guys I want. With that. Oh no, those I'm are the guys I want on other teams. When, when the yeah. three, yeah. when the three big guys actually finally got to the team all together, I think they actually did were successful. It was the beginning uh, no, part I don't of know that. At the very end, they had a few good games together, including the one in. Well, well they worked together. The eighteen-year-old right back. That was the. Yeah. What was his? What's his name? I can't remember. Well, Angelino. Angelino. Yeah. yeah. What a player, eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. On loan from he's, City. He's on loan, right? Yeah. From where? Yeah. From their from City. Club. That's what they're going to see. He was you, a yeah. player. You're going to see more and more loan players, though, I think, in the league. Like, well, uh, and yeah. it's well, like Robo, like going That's back what to he Robo uses. Now. He uses yeah. very well the loan system. He but, uses yeah. that. We've talked about how Robo's good at identifying players. He's also good at identifying young players as well. He's kind of hand picked who he wants from the residency program to kind of go yeah. into USL and, and identify those talents. And he's been good at working with those players that he doesn't want to bring up just now to help them find other other clubs or to go to college and stuff yeah. like that. So his man management is fantastic. On the pitch, do you have any concerns about his like rigidness with sticking to the formation? He does change as the game goes on sometimes too late. 
I don't think you can question this. Some, some media were saying, why did he not make subs earlier in that last game against Portland? He brought them on at the 60-minute mark and something else. I don't know how early the guy's expecting him to make subs. But do you have any doubts or worries about his tactics being just one-dimensional or him just being too rigid? I, I've been on about this. Uh, probably every podcast I've been on with you that, that I've said, I don't know why when we're, when we're chasing a goal, uh, chasing a game and you need a goal... Why you don't flip that midfield three diamond upside down and put the two players in an attacking position and Lava, who's proven he can play as a single holding midfield role, and he excels at that sometimes it, too. It, that was yeah, that was what he. It took some transition for him to learn how to play the way he is now. So I, I don't know, especially and, and the problem was is that you're not going to do it in the on the last game of the year against Portland when yeah. because. You haven't played it at all this year, but we had the opportunity when, you know, Mesquita, if you had played Laba with, you know, Mesquita and Morales or Mesquita and Rosales or uh, Mane and Mesquita or something, and, you know, and had the, the two, that, that diamond at, um, upside down from how, that just that alone is exactly what Portland did, which turned their season around. They were having such a hard time. And they, because of injury, well, Johnson went down. Marcel's run was the same thing, right? I don't know they didn't make the playoffs, but they were sucking bad and change your formation and, you know, big swing, right? And so that's the only part that really bothers me. And I agree with you that I think Robinson will be the first to admit that he's still a new coach. Sometimes we don't understand that. He's still learning some of the finer points, probably. And I, I bet you we'll see a little more tinkering next year because of that. But, uh, man, that was frustrating just to see that we have no other option. It's partially due to injury, but Robinson could have done a lot more earlier in the year to, to explore those options. I think he did explore some of them. I, I remember talking with people about he was even thinking of going through three at the back and stuff and try, trying that out, or they tried it out a little bit in training and stuff. Because was it not the season that's just finished? That he went with three DMs basically in one of the games or something. Yes. Yeah. Well, road, it was on the road. Yeah. It was due to injuries, I think, too. That yeah, it was. That was. That was, that was a. It was kind of like what we did against Portland yeah. in the first game, but it was more, even more yeah. defensive. Seven at the back. Yeah. I, I, like you said, yeah. I think yeah, he's a learning coach, and I think um, I think he knows the game. I think he understands the game. I think it. it, it I think it's hard because we think it's just easy. You just like you get out there and you have a. A way of playing, mm-hmm. and really, I think for as I've observed more over these last probably six years, maybe seven years, including before MLS, it takes a lot for a team to like play together and know, what, you know, how they want to make the runs, and like that. So a lot of that is like your first like month or whatever two together, figuring things out, and and then and then by then you're in the flow of games, and then if you, so if you haven't maybe been working on two things from the very beginning. It's not super easy, but you're right. Portland did do it. Yeah, you're right. Portland showed that it can be done, and um, I, I, I honestly would not be surprised. And again, I've heard this back and forth about this, but if we went to two striker option, or we had a one a, a one central striker option and a two striker option next year, or pushing an attacking mid out wide, or there's lots of different things mm-hmm. you can do, right? With the flexibility, I think in the midfield, we have a ton of midfield. Yeah, right. Yeah, and guys who can move like Tiber yeah. is the perfect guy to keep exactly. around for that. Yeah, Versus because you could move him when you yeah. go down That's a goal, push him wide. Jack yeah. of all trades, master of, and bring in Mane in centrally to play yeah. behind, right behind Rivero. Or yeah, and I think that would be the one thing that I mean, I'm not going to 
you know, pretend to think I know what's going on in a girl's head, but you know, if there's the one thing it, to me, it comes down to the movement in the in the center mid of the field, and you know, it was pretty stagnant there, and there wasn't there wasn't an idea, or I don't know, maybe there wasn't a confidence in moving things around and seeing if things could change up a bit. I mean, they've played the only thing that would be remotely, I guess, would be putting Mane in uh, in behind uh, Rivero at one point, but. I don't know, that seemed like a, more of a wishful yeah. thinking than anything else, to well, be honestly. You know what, sometimes you need to maybe play him alongside him too. Maybe play him yeah, a little something, higher up, yeah. but just to change it. Like yeah. I, I think he needs to change it a little bit more often. Maybe yeah, a guy who can play number 10 and a number yeah, 9. The problem that I, I, I find with that is that, that um, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think that Pedro is one of our problems. I, yeah. I, 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 and I really, he's such a joy to watch. And it, so it, it's really tough because when he's on, Man, it's magic. Yeah, those balls. Yeah, those balls. But but one of the the thing that you mentioned, uh, Slam, was that 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 stagnant that that they they when they just die in the midfield. It's yeah. because nobody's it, it, there's not those overlapping runs and those triangles and those guys working off the ball. It's they're standing still with one guy as working. a safety net yeah. behind and two wingers going forward. Yeah, and yeah, it's I, like, think, I think Pedro feels isolated sometimes, right, it, in the middle of the field because both Laba or is it Kofi or Tybert, they they're not supportive enough for him yeah. to. Yeah, Tybert will sometimes come behind the center backs and pick up the ball or something like that and he, he won't be able to make it up in time to support yeah, yeah. more else. well that's what they do I mean that's pretty classic right they spread the center backs wide yeah. send yeah. the wing backs further up and then have the Russell but then, but then you don't have the support and that's for great Morales. but then yeah you move the ball to Morales and everybody yeah. stands still again and yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I remember talking to, to Tater once and he said um, we were talking about Davide and he said MLS is different than a lot, a lot of parts of the world. You can't have a player who doesn't uh, doesn't defend or doesn't yeah. work hard. And you saw Davide improve on that or, or yeah. up his game in that sense over the time, time here. But sometimes, and I know a lot of it has to do with injury and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes this year it was kind of like, yeah, Pedro just, he, he, when he's on the ball, he's, he can contribute. And if he's not, and he's not able to move enough, he, he wasn't as effective. And uh, I don't know if that I don't know if that's just being healthy or something he has to not develop or add to, but like recognize it. You just game. have to wonder though. Part is it just his character and his personality, right? You know, I mean, that's when we talk about Will Johnson, you know, spraying balls and Big Willie. There, you know, I mean, he's got that personality, right? He's going to bring that regardless. He could be forty years old and sucking and playing the old timers league with me, and he's still going to bring that same personality because that's who he is. He's got He's also the kind of guy who will then he'll be running forward and be like, "Come on, come on, guys!" <laughs> Wait, like waving yeah. the guys behind. Yeah, but, yeah, but I've so. seen. But we, but I think we've seen. Really have that. I think we've seen glimpses of it though. With Pedro, yeah. Mm. See, I, I I'm know. sorry. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him as the captain. I was I just think. a way to say yeah. that. To me, his the way that he just his whole what's the word I'm looking for? The way he carries himself from the yeah, pitch. Yeah, demeanor on the pitch. It's not one of comparisons. You, you don't see him like go come on, come yeah, on, no, clapping your hands. That's how he is. I've always, for since day one, thought that that Kendall would be the perfect guy for that, and I know that his English 
aren't isn't perfect, but well, Matt, so his, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's, it's better fine. than Pedro's. Yeah. Better than mine. I, I guess it is probably better than Pedro's. Yeah. So, and I know that he was newer and stuff, but he is such an emotional leader. And even though he uh, at times will make silly plays and he'll get red carded or whatever, he never does it. And you don't go like when John Marcus yeah, Davidson did his headbutt or whatever. The team doesn't go. Oh, I can't believe you just like. What are you thinking? It's always like we'll get this for Kendall now. You know, he, he's always seems that kind of, why not give him the armband? Yeah. Uh, I, the armband. I think they should give him the armband yeah. and I think, and you don't need to make a big announcement, just quietly give and it he's, to him. He's, that's oh, not how it works. No, you got that's it. not how it yeah, works. No, oh, give it to him during the, the, during the ceremony when they yeah. introduce the team at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but you, but you, you can't, they you can't, you can't, in the way we have it set up, you can't do that. No, you also can't take the armband off a player Unless that he maybe he maybe a pro, huge profile guy on your team that's yeah. still on your team. Well, maybe he could write uh, a letter. Like a put on the website. Ken, so Kendall, a whole night. Kendall is a far bigger profile now than I mean, yeah. Like Pedro's still on the the ads and stuff like that, but it's it, Kendall Waston is the number one. This is Kendall's team. It, if, it, if it is, which yeah. is crazy it, out of a center. If back, it's not an Alsace team, it's Kendall's team. It's one of those, those two guys are probably. Uh, it seems like they're the the two leaders of the team that are like the top players. Well, they could have it like they did towards the end of the season, where both Pedro and Eisted wore the armband. Yeah, that's which I thought was quite yeah, weird. Yeah. And or if well, we're lucky, I'm doing an air quotes. Pedro be injured to start the season, and he just made the smooth transition. Yeah. Wait, 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 when were they both wear the armband? The last game of the season against Portland, they both had the armband during the match. Yep. That's ridiculous. It's a new MLS rule. Yeah, we bought it with oh, allocation. Allocation money. Yeah. Yeah. Defensive <laughs> captain, offensive captain. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, should not be allowed that. It was kind of weird. So let's move on to... Maybe, maybe no one told Pedro he wasn't the captain anymore. Yeah. So, so we, we talked about the captaincy there, and it's like part of the problem is there's not a lot of veteran leadership on the team. And there might be less now with the players that don't look like they're coming back. Is it perhaps a case that we've talked about Robo likes to develop young players? Is the team maybe too young? Does it need to have a bit more of a veteran presence? Robo's talked about if he has to replace someone like, say, Beta Sure, that he wouldn't be bringing in a young guy, it would be someone in the 26 to 30 year old age it is range. Prime. Does it, do we maybe need a few more of those guys on the I team? Don't, I don't think it has to do with age. I think it has to do with winning experience, right? You need guys that have won at different levels and that sort of stuff. So I think that's where we need to make sure, you know, we have that in the in the squad. I don't care if they're 22 or 23, you know. You, if you bring a 22-year-old World Cup winner, you know, I don't know if we that we'll ever see that in MLS, but in theory, you know, if you had something like that, Versus a 32-year-old journeyman MLS player, I'd take the 22-year-old player, and I think he'd bring a different type of experience. Well, would... Not only that, it's it's a personality thing, too. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, Gershon has 100 and some caps now for the for yeah. Vancouver. So, Respect. Yeah, and, it, and that's like that's amazing. And he's still a young player. Yeah, but you can't tell me that he's not an MLS veteran now. Like, like he is. He's had so you know so he's many been there games since the years. Almost. Yeah, and so so I mean at at this point you have to say if he's not a leader on the team, it, it's not. It, he's had an opportunity to do that. It's just not really his personality. He's yeah. he, he's not the 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 you know the club leadership type of guy. Well, the, and the way that well, the way our players work is they they work well together as a whole, but they also have like 
not in, in the negative way you call them cliques, but they're not cliques. They're like friendship groups. Mm. And so they kind of have these friendship groups that they kind of hang out in, but they work well when they come together. Which is really unique. I, I mean, most of the time when you see that happen in dressing rooms and stuff like that, it's it's negative. It's, you know, these guys don't talk with these guys. And the, and the only place that there's even an appearance of that is almost with like Kakuta and Octavio or like, you know, sometimes <laughs> there's been... And I, I, I have no information to back this up other than pure speculation and people talking on Twitter and stuff. But it does sometimes look like they're really not on the same page when oh, yeah. you would hope that those two guys, in theory, would click so well. But just things haven't worked out. And you wonder if that's maybe an off-the-pitch off kind of thing, competition or, or what well, it is. Well, both of those both uh, even to uh, Chris Nichera, they're all goal scorers. Um, they, yeah. they look for goals first, yeah. and the thing is, is we we're talking about October. He had such a great start to the season, but then when he dried up there, that's when you saw a guy like Mane trying to take it more for himself instead of supplying the ball to Rivero, and that's where Rivero started getting frustrated, started taking shots, of, uh, random shots on his own too. Random shots. I, yeah, um, I, I I don't mind having a bit of a mix up there. I, the thing that I love about Rivero so much and why I think he's going to do so well and people criticized him on this but when that that two inch hammer the oh, ball in yeah. from Tachera how often have we had a player oh, he on laughed. our he team he was laughing about it after the game yeah but but that's what I want in, in a, yeah. my striker yep. I want my striker to give, uh, never ever ever give up on that ball until huh. it the mesh is coming oh, back I totally agree with that because the turf the turf monster could easily like they, it's a bump some weird bump and it could go wide so just to, just to be an attack a striker or an attacking player like that you have to be a certain mentality totally. and, and so I, I agree that you know you, you can run into problems because you have to be a little I selfish think, to do yeah. that the only thing that really age brings into it is the experience of you know, telling stories or whatever, you know, you probably, you want some element of that on the team, but that's not necessarily leadership. That's just, you know, having the wise old guru in the corner with the beard. So that could support the coaching yeah. staff and everything. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, Oh, don't worry about a kid. Everybody gets yelled at, blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. Cause you, stuff, you right? got to have that, that, that gap. Cause the coaches yeah. can't be friendly all the time with the players. They got to have some yeah. kind of, uh, there's gotta be someone, but they're, I think they're, you know, honestly, I think what they're doing really well is, they are doing that when you look at the 16 year olds coming into usl pro right so you're gonna learn those as you go up so you'll have those skills you yeah. know and as you move up the uh, charts and earnshaw's been like obviously she's been spending time with the residency i think this yeah. under u16s uh even the u14s he spent some time with them too so he's uh, he, obviously he's trying to get his coaching license so that's one other reason why he joined yeah. this club i don't think there'll be any question it seems robinson likes that though with rosales with Kaw uh, with Earnshaw, even if those guys didn't get very much minutes, that's that's why he brought Kaw in. That's why you know is that that he, I'm sure Robinson wouldn't even thought he would have played as well as he did through the middle of the season when he signed him. But um, you know, I, I I could totally see even if all those guys are gone, I could see him going after a couple other you know 34 year old you know players just to fill out the roster and be those cool heads in the in the yeah. room. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think it needs to be a leader per se. Though I'm not worried about the age of the team or the leadership qualities there, that sort of thing. Personally, well, I guess another thing to throw in then is how how do you get if you care about getting it more MLS minutes for the homegrowns? Me, I couldn't care less where the players come from, as folk know. 
But the only way that Bustos and Froze and Nadi Kugbe are going to develop properly is to get first team minutes. So how do you fit them into the team as it stands just now and with who Robo's looking to bring in? Because Tiber has not been getting minutes and you can't see where he's going to get these proper minutes that he needs from at this stage of his career. Well, Sam, I think they're going to give, they're going to start like uh, this season, right? I think Sam well, will get his you, chance. You, you started the, what, Sam, the first seven yeah, or nine hurt. games or yeah. something, got hurt, and then yeah. never really could get back into the thing because Jordan Harvey had a fantastic year. Yeah, but I can see them going right back to Sam and yeah. throwing him in there and getting those Well, well Sam will need to do what he did last year. Sam earned it in the preseason. Yeah, he did. And that's the one thing Robbo said before, that these guys have to earn their minutes. Yes, it's good to give them minutes, but they have to earn them too. But he brings something that no one else on the team has, right? I mean, he's if anyone's going to be whipping in a cross from the left side corner flag, it's Sam, right? Or whipping in, at least getting but, in, right? Yeah. You know? And and one of the few guys who truly gets to the to the end line. Yeah, like exactly. whereas a lot whereas and jo- I, I love what Jordan did this year and I think he's gonna come in in a big different mentality. I know I was with Michael when we chatted with him at, at training one day and uh, he he admitted he said I wasn't sharp when I came in. I I took advantage of my position sort of yeah. thing and and uh, I think he's going to come in a lot different next year. I think he's going to work his butt off in preseason. Yeah. So maybe I think he, Sam's got a fight on his hands. Maybe yeah. he's the, yeah. maybe Jordan Harvey will be the starting right back. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to have inverted the whole team yes. all over the place. But, so it'll get a but I mean, scary. if Sam does claim it, you could even see Jordan moving on this summer because he's still going to be a, a good commodity. For, yeah, he will be. For yeah. Well, I can just see Jordan being a... He's a class guy too, yeah. right? And just being a total pro. But then, if you get rid of him, there's another veteran you're losing on. The but he almost always. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pro. He'll yeah. do what he's got to do, and you could see him getting minutes at defense, but, but, mid even at some point. Or but something, it'd be good you know, to like rotate the. It'd be good to rotate right. the players, especially when you're, you're going to have Voyager's Cup, obviously in Champions League again. It'd be good to rotate yeah. players in. Don't have like a whole young team. Don't have a whole veteran team. Put in the Bustos, and then put Morales in another game. Yeah. And stuff like that, like on a, like we were talking earlier, and I think about another podcast when we were talking about Kofi, Tybert, and Laba. Why not? Why don't just throw Bustos in there against the? Uh, he was healthy. He was fit. He could have yeah. started, even if he, even if at halftime you want to take him off and then stick Kofi in, do that. But at the initial part of the game. Timbers would not have expected Bustos to show up on the pitch on the, in that yeah. first leg. Well, well and you wonder how much. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that's that, I mean the, your answer is easy, Michael. To where do you find the minutes for these guys? And and it's very easy. It's Maddox and Hurtado should be getting zero minutes on the club anymore. Um, when you need someone to fill in instead of Rosales, who was not very good at any part in the season, Froze could play in there. Bustos, when we we were begging for someone to play, and I know he had a bad injury at the at the just the wrong time. I know. Yeah. But um, Bustos could have come in and played for you as an attacking midfielder. Um, those have to be the guys that you that you go to for your 30-minute subs. you got to live by them or die by Because if, if, there's no point in waiting until they're 22 years old to see if they're going to be able to make it You know, here. Give them a shot now. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the almost forgotten man because of his own injury, which is Ben McKendry, mm. yeah. yes. who could be pushing hard for minutes as the DM or whatever. He, yeah, he's on a guaranteed deal, so right, yeah. And, and he, he, he could make someone like Kofi or Tybert or both of them, quite frankly, um, available for trades yeah. or transfers. Or especially or Flores like now bringing him back and saving money there too. Right. Yeah. 
I hear they want to bring floors. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure I, about I said that. that. <laughs> like, we talked about it before, and then I wrote about it in my Keep Trade release thing, and folk are like, why on earth would you bring floors back? Robo really rates yeah. him. And well, he's, he's 19. The box, the box, he's young. I, and, I totally yeah. see it. I, yeah, I, I so do. I. That first appearance was phenomenal. Yeah. And he had yeah, a couple exactly. other very brief moments yeah. where, where, very brief, um, where you saw that. You saw his desire when he got the ball... His head was up, and he's yeah. like, "Let's go." Yeah. And um, as much as Tybert seems like a guy who should be able to do that, he doesn't. He he, he just he just hasn't. He's so one footed at this point. It's so frustrating. It, still, but it right? seems like he was developing that other foot. But I don't know I what don't happened. Remember that one season when that. he was. But it's it's not even that. Him. It's just like. It, maybe, but it's even just a mentality thing. It's like, we, I don't need you to take a shot with your right foot. I just need you to move the ball. I just need you to be able to move yeah. up the field well, and become an, an available. Yeah. Be, make Option. a ghost run in just to, to pull some defenders away. Like, do well, that's, something. That's been an issue with the Whitecaps for the last four years. Absolutely. They never make runs into the box. Yeah. Every Once one person's going for the ball, ball in the box, nobody else makes a run. Everybody just watches. As that ball goes in. Like, Morales, for a guy who doesn't play any defense, like, how often does the guy actually get into the to the box or the six-yard line to no, try it? Like, no. Which is kind of, you know, watching Maddox this year was, like, the one part of his game which I thought he actually improved, which probably doesn't show well on TV because yeah. he's... But he was making great runs yeah. on top, yeah. which he probably learned he from Rivero why he's scoring for Jamaica yeah. and never got a ball, right? It, I think his ability to stay onside yeah. this year was really good. Yeah, there that's certain one thing times when he was for. attacking towards our end and yeah. you're watching him make those runs and he's coming off the shoulder and mm-hmm. then running a you know running a flat line across yeah. the line. And then yeah. He used to just run yeah. north south, yeah. Yeah. and now he's doing the curved yeah. run. So that's yeah. one, one improvement. Then. I, I honestly think, like for all the stick we've given Martix in this podcast over the last couple of years if Robbo had gone with a two striker formation yeah. when Darren was in his form and he came back from the gold cup yeah. like see what he can do that was your chance to like see look you're, you're hot just now let's go with two up front playing off this guy that's yeah. struggling but no, it's done happen Maddox I don't think he's going to be in MLS I think he's going to be in Europe but I'm worried that he's going to be in MLS and score 15, 16 goals. With somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that does bring us nicely then on to the next point of the Caps re-signed some players, some of which were... Picked surprised. up their options. Picked up their options, yeah. rather, like Matix or Taro. But if you look at the players that are signed just now, you know that the current Caps roster is not going to be what it looks like come first kick. Yeah, currently they have 20 players under MLS contracts. From the guys that have been either re-signed or picked up options or were already under contract, who do you think is most likely to not be here come first kick? Maddox, for sure. I and think he's gone. I'll throw Hurtado in there. Yeah. I mean, Hurtado, it, I think because he's a bit cheaper, they'll give him a chance. I don't think he'll be here. My, 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 my thing with Hurtado, the reason why I don't think he'll be here is because they were still looking for goals yeah. During that scene, and they sent him to Norway. Yeah. Which I tells know. me that they had no confidence. Yeah. I know Robbo was going to say he had confidence in him, but I don't personally don't think he had. Well, and they just didn't want him sitting on yeah. the bench and losing even more confidence. I think he actually did him a favor by sending him away to Norway. Robbo was asked about it, and he said he's still very much part of the, the club. That's because he wants something uh, yeah, for him. Of course he is. <laughs> he wants to keep his it. asset yeah. a little you know, valuable. For sure. But he doesn't seem to have been overly happy when he was in Norway and if you look at his Twitter account he hardly tweeted at all really when he was over there and 
I don't know. It's Robo said he you you don't become a bad player overnight. And I know you're going to say was Tartano a very good player. Yeah, but he had that Columbus. one season <laughs> where he was getting some goals, and I think Robo does believe that he can get back up to that level. I just don't see it. But that was that was such a low level then that yeah, I I don't think it's worth it to waste time in developing him back yeah. to that. That was a level where you want him to get up even higher. The thing with her, the thing with her Tato, even in that 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 string where he scored the five and five five goals, five games, I think it was or something like that, five goals in six games, um, and a couple of them were that one that goal of the year against Seattle where he mm. he did the two cutbacks in the yeah, box. Yeah. There. Still, during those, even in that stretch and, and throughout that season, how many times did he try that same cutback move and just bundled it over the line or straight into the defender? Like, he, he tried it so many times. And I'm not saying he doesn't have some skill. He, he does. He just he, he doesn't have the soccer IQ and his, his skill doesn't match up to his physical abilities because wow. he's crazy fast. And even that, that Seattle goal... You watch it in super slow motion, and he cuts the two guys back. Amazing. And then he just hammers it as hard as he yeah. can, and yeah. it happens to go right on the underside of the bar. And, and it looks amazing. It looked amazing, but it was like, man, if you had tried that 100 times, 99 times that goes into Rosette. Yeah. So I, I, he's just never been that good. I think they could get value for him. They could get... Just fifty thousand dollars, or in allocation, or an international spot, or something to send him to pick. send him to Chicago, or something. Get like, you know what I mean? Chicago. You well, think they're still good? I don't know, Slamo. You think? Oh, they're, Chicago they're great is still. Chicago just... is Columbus two years ago, right? Hmm. They just need the Berhalter to, because they got a lot of talent. Uh, of the current stuff. players, there's one other kind of either either or player that I was thinking I want your guys opinion on this we've talked about it I think in other podcasts they have a lot of money invested in holding midfielders currently um, you obviously got Lava you got Kofi you got Tiber Tiber obviously is probably the cheapest out of the three what do you think about them if they don't use that money to buy him down what do you think about Lava maybe being sold or Kofi going over to Europe and then using getting a cheaper holding midfielder and using that money somewhere else Using Ben McKendry, yeah. And then you have yeah. Ben McKendry well, coming up. You have Keon's Froze also. You have Keon's Froze also. So what do you guys think about Laba or Kofi moving on and if, creating a space for somebody if, else? If Gersh goes, I hope he goes to Europe. I know he, he said before that he doesn't want to play. I don't think he wants to play for either another MLS team, okay. which is what you hope your players would say. Um, so if he does go, I, I would hope it's to Europe. Uh, I don't know anything about, about but that. Do you, but do you like that three, like that depth? Or do you think somebody like Debbie, if they bring in, keep in Debbie Flores, they got Benny McHenry. The thing is, that's it, a very, it like, comes down to are you going to spend the money if you have it. Yeah. I mean, do I care if they save money and I get nothing out no, of it? You, no, but if you, the we're talking about using that money Lava, going somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, and bring in a player like Caldwell who's going to play a six and be $90,000. Because to me, it, it's sort of like what the position is and what the value is, right? You know, like you look at if you if you take that spot and you go, what's the most we can get out of a six? Well, the most you can get out of it is this much. Well, I would guess I'm sure my hands is not going to, it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can get an eight out of 10 out of a defensive midfielder who's simply a defensive midfielder. That's the maximum cap, but I can get a nine out of 10 from or a box to box or a 10 out of 10 from a box to box. Well, I'll spend less money and get a seven 
from my defensive mid and have that one spot gap, then, you know, end up with the seven in the defensive mid and, you know, some shit box the box player who can't play the role, mm-hmm. right? It's to me, it's always the New England factor, right? Yeah. It's the Caldwell and Jones. I know Jones is old now and stuff, but that was like the perfect combination to me for that position. If you're going to have a defensive mid, you got to make it the box the box guy playing behind three guys and spend the money there on a guy with mad skill. Laba is a huge skill and he can play anywhere in the world, but he can't, he's, to me, he's not a guy that you can use a DP spot on and build your team around. He's not I, dynamic. I, he's I, not dynamic. I disagree yeah. with you only here and I, I'm, I'm very vocal about my support for Laba, but if you have a guy like Laba, I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the league, but I agree he doesn't give you anything really dynamic going forward. So play to those strengths. And, and you listen, you're going to give up more goals if you play one less defensive player. But you're, you're going to get your you know, 8 out of 10 out of him as your uh, defensive midfielder. You're going to get an 8 out of 10 with him as in a 2 DM setup. You play him as a 1, you get all Lava all the time. You can afford to have him completely give up going forward because now you can add a completely another player into the attack. So, uh, so, so, so you, if you're going to do that, that's another option. Get rid of Kofi. Yeah. Would yeah. you say get rid of Kofi then and sure. bring somebody else instead of him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Get rid of Kofi. Keep, Not get rid keep, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell him. Sell we'll, him we'll on. I, I, on. And I, I like Kofi. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I've always been a big Kofi fan. I agree that maybe it's time for, for Kofi to move on for both of us. He's got a lot of resources in the defensive midfielding on the team, right? Yeah. And we have none at, we have, well, we have Rivero, but we don't have a whole lot in that spot. And we have all these resources in the defensive mid role. And there's like, too many like resources in that role, right? <laughs> Cut loves midfielders. Yeah. It's just too much. There's too much there, you know? In a cap league. I think Robbo was a defensive midfielder too. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I've said it before, I'd get rid of both Kofi and Tiber. And from Tiber's point of view, he needs to play. Yeah. The, like, the kid's going get, to get ruined if he, if he has another season like this. Yeah. And, like, playing... f- five years in, we still don't really know Russell Tiber's best position. And he hasn't shown us that he's yeah. an MLS starter in five years. If it was anyone that wasn't a Canadian, he'd be gone. Sure. But he is also the perfect MLS squad player. Because you know you can yeah. you can play if him anyway. He's happy to still be that. Then if, I guess if, if Atakubi and Harvey were in a car together and both broke their leg and some car crash, you'd be like, well, the the I wish I'd knock on wood. I don't want that to ever happen. Merry Christmas, Jordan. But you look around your team and you go, God, we have a we have a game in an hour. What are we gonna do, Christian yeah. Dean? No, not Christian Dean. He's barely a center back, but. You, you could put... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was extra cruel. Um, but no, sure, put 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 Tybert there. Got need, got a spot that needs filling at right mid? Yeah, put Tybert there. Attacking mid, mid, sure, yeah, wherever yeah. you want. It's, it's like the Jordan Smith thing. His favorite, sure. his favorite position in residency was behind one or two strikers. As an attacking midfielder, but you know he's been given a um, very few opportunities. And he did uh, there, with the national team against uh, yeah. was it Trinidad? Yeah. Trinidad, yeah, yeah, he did. Great. He did it all. He did a great and job in that. His favorite match. position now appears to be watching from behind the Willie Johnson. Yeah, or behind <laughs> Willie Johnson. <laughs> just quickly, just going back to Hurtado as well. I just had a look at his stats because he didn't play USL. He played three games. He started two. He had 141 minutes. 
with no goals, no assists and four shots. Now, there was talk that he had refused to play USL initially, and I asked Robbo about that, and Robbo said no, it was a was genuine, it was administrative error. You can write that off for the, the one time he didn't do it. All those other times, the administration error had been fixed, so why was he not playing USL? Did he feel he would struggle in USL and then would completely ruin his chance altogether? Because yeah. Robbo's always said he leaves it up to the players if they want to play. And for me, if he's not chapping on the door and saying, look, I want to play USL today and show you that I, I deserve to be You should have been team. able to look at Christian Dean, right? And yeah. See, it, like, it's not like there wasn't examples there that he could... Tim Parker. Tim Parker. Well, Robert, Robert, Robert Earnshaw started the same amount of games, played 14 minutes more, but yeah. got two goals compared to... But it's also a different reason. Like, Hurtado using Dean and Parker as examples, right? I mean, he should be able to see that, yeah, I can go play minutes and earn my spot, right? Now, so the last thing I just want to mention just now, just looking ahead to 2016 for the Whitecaps, prioritising the competitions. Once again, the Caps are in all three competitions, Voyager's Cup, Champions League, MLS. Where are the priorities? Because there has to be a main priority. Obviously, you want to win everything. But do you, do you see Robo just going with the, the, the young guys again? Or is he likely to maybe take the Champions League a little bit more seriously now? I think one thing that's going to kind of throw things up in, uh, in the air a bit, or that's definitely going to be different than previous years, is the fact that the Voyager's Cup schedule is supposed to, supposedly supposed to be in July this year. So there's no, there won't be those earlier season opportunities for younger players or fringe players or um, guys who aren't getting minutes to play in the Voyagers Cup in early May, um, early and late May. Supposedly it's all going to happen in July, and I think that's going to hurt us. Yeah, uh, I think it's not, not going to be as good for us. That's not well, official. That's also, especially because there's the two week break in June. Yes, for the for the, the well, I think it goes ahead unless yeah. everyone's been arrested by then. We'll just we'll just loan our we'll, we'll just loan our players <laughs> down to down to uh, WFC two, and they can all have fun there. Yeah, it's just a shame that they can't use the USL players in the competitions because of the stupid rules. It's like they're part of the club. They deserve to to have a chance to play if they want to get called up. It's not an MLS competition. So to me, it makes That's no the sense. That's an MLS CBA rule though, isn't it? I don't know. Are you talking about for the Voyagers? Yeah. yeah. Well, Voyagers oh, and Champions League, League as well. Because they couldn't use the WFC2 guys for the trip to the Juras. I don't see why they, they, they almost need to go one way or the other. Either let the USL team play uh, you know, uh, let them have a second entrance for your USL team and then your MLS team, or say, no, it's just a club entrance mm-hmm. and you can pick whoever you want from the club. Which to me would make perfect sense. Because the USL nice. side is basically that's a reserves team. Really. It was nice to make that was nice. Yeah. And it'd be awesome if you could see the WFC2 beat Toronto FC in the Voyagers mm. Cup. Yes. I, like back to Swan Guard. <laughs> I, I, you know, you said something, Michael, that you, you, you can't prioritize them all. But I've, I've often wondered this, like, um, why can't you? What, yeah. why, why can't you prioritize them all? And, and go back to what I say. Don't do this full eleven player switch when you, because then, then it's yeah. obviously then yeah. you, you know, um, start early with some of your, you know, um, moving some players around and, and. Just bring three or four players in and out. Yeah, don't have a team that looks like they just met in the locker room before they went out on the pitch. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think you can do it. Are you going to drop a point here too? Maybe. But 
you know, the Whitecaps at one point in this season, we went, holy smokes, these guys could win a treble. Like, we yeah. were, you know. I had us for the quintuple. Yeah, <laughs> we could have won the support. Exactly. The, so, um, I, and that's not to say that I don't think in the first round when we're playing the, the, the oh, NASL side, so. yeah, that, that you can't play an almost exclusively, you know, second team mm. squad. I still think that that, that would work. Unless, well, we could be playing Ottawa, and that might be a. That's, although it looks like they could struggle next and year. And Tommy Heineman's gone now. Yeah. For out of so you Paul know. Dalglish. So I, I, I don't, I don't see that as being an issue. No, I, right. I say you prioritize all of them. Well, the fact, like during the fifties, no, that I was around in the fifties, but during, during when I was a lad in the fifties, <laughs> um, the players would go down the pit. And then they'd come out and they'd, they would play on a Saturday, they'd play midweek, they had their full-time jobs, um, they would play all these games, all the competitions were priorities, and now they're just too pampered, it's like, oh, you know, I can't play two field games in now. a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's why not? Be better yeah. shape nowadays. And they have they all this smoke. modern technology with like, yeah, I don't, monitoring I don't get it. VO2 yeah. maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm tired. Yeah. I can't play And now they get water breaks. I'm, I'm sure in the 50s they were getting smoke breaks during yeah. that. And why not figure it out as you go along, too? Like, you know, you play mostly your first team and you get thumped in your first Champions League match. And it's like, well, yeah. well now we can take less priority on this one because we yeah. obviously yeah. are not in a position to do it anymore. So it's all fine for us to sit around and talk about this, but uh, talk about like, oh, who we'd like to see in what game and how it's prioritized. The other part of this is the relational man management of this. So when you're bringing players in or you're, asking, you're wanting players to stay or whatever, part of these conversations, especially for some of these young players, is, hey, these are the opportunities you're going to have this year. So it's not like... It's not like uh, it's not like these decisions are made a week or two before the games. Like this is a, a bigger plan that kind of goes into effect, so you can help prepare players mentally. Yeah, you're not getting your your chance right now, player X, the beginning of the season. Don't worry, it's coming in the Voyagers Cup. You keep working as hard as you are right now. Yeah, but, playing the Voyagers but do you Cup. think that that Marco Bustos cares whether that his game was in the in the Voyagers Cup semifinal or if it was with, in the league match the following Saturday? No, but I, I think yeah. he cares. He wants to know that he's going to play. No, and, and I, he, he will. He wants to play MLS. Yeah. yeah, he. That's like, sure. If you said to him, "I could play you here, but I'd rather play in the Voyagers Cup." What would you prefer? He'll always say MLS. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I know, I know, you know, you're pro athlete, and you've got to have a certain level of confidence and whatnot. But you got to be realistic too. Like you know yeah. that I'm the lowest man on this freaking totem pole. You have to know that, right? And I've got to work my way up. And my minutes are coming in USL Pro, and I need to show that I can get up there, right? There's 22, a 28 man roster. 22 guys should have a realistic shot at the 18 all the time. Yeah. Those other six guys have got to be working their ass off to get to be a part of that 22 and knock one of those guys out of that 22. No, but you can't say you're you're the 28th best player on this roster. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna play you against Edmonton, right? That, but, like that's not to me. That's not motivation. But to a comment that we we're saying, like you were saying, they have to work their butts off. They were working their butts off in training but when they show up on the pitch it's not, not there yeah. and that's the problem that well, and part of that is because they end up going on the pitch with a bunch of other guys who had only played on the training yeah. ground yeah. before yeah. so it'd be much easier that's like when we saw Kian's Froze come into a, to a fully well oiled machine that's a first team exactly. and guess what he, he played well yeah. but then, you, right. then the, you play him with yeah. all the all the plebs yeah. and all of a sudden he's People like, like, why, like why, why is he not playing so well we saw well 
Nobody's playing well. They don't. Yeah. They that was barely Maddox communicate. Too, right? Oh, he had his yeah. chance. They like, if they go guys <laughs> from uh, the regulars, if they got three games in a week, then, you know you get the you get the starting eleven on the Saturday. You make five changes for the Wednesday, and then yeah. you put that's what make Jake's another five. Yeah, and five, I agree with five's you a lot better. What you're saying. Four to five, whatever. So but, that's why you. That's why I say you have twenty-two guys that are really realistically yeah. part of. You're gonna play. You're the twenty-two guys that are gonna play. You know, maybe you're number twenty-two. So you gotta, you know, that's the goalkeeper. Yeah, the goalkeeper. you gotta keep your, uh, you know, fire going or whatnot. Yeah. But the other six guys are gotta be pushing them. Pushing them. But yeah. there's no guaranteed you're gonna get minutes. And if that's the motivation that. You know, okay, we're going to give you a contract and here's your motivation. You can play in the Voyagers Cup. I don't know if I want that guy on the team. Well, we're going to just wrap things up now. What? So just before we do finish this this episode, just want very quick around the table. What's the, what's the one thing you're most looking forward to, Whitecaps-wise, for the 2016 season? Zach. Man. Uh, I'm looking forward to retaining the Voyagers Cup. Winning the Cascadia Cup. One thing. Winning the Sporter Shield <laughs> and winning MLS Cup. So winning. You're like Charlie Sheen, minus the win. HIV. Slavo? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to uh, say the uh, A residency kid stepping into a role next year. One of them. I don't know which one, but I think uh, I think somebody will step it up. and. Like Tommy, you mean? Or? Huh? Like Tommy? No, like Marco, Kian, oh, Sam. Right, 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 right. Guys that's already into the guys that's already got a contract. Yeah, stepping in into the 11. Jay, what, what's, what are you most looking forward to? That's tough. I like I both, both of those were my, were, would have been some of my answers. You can let's, say the same thing. Let's, uh, no, it's got to be different here. This isn't 30 seconds to Mars where I'm just looking for points. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's say I was actually really impressed this year with uh, the uh, in-game experience that improved. I, I thought there was the crowds were better this year. I thought that there, the attendance was better. And I want to see that improve more. What I'd like to see is so every game sold out, rock and atmosphere, people getting to the game on time. I thought that yeah. was better this year than I've seen in years past. Yep. Um, still not great. No, some of the games still not great. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hoping for next year because it, I I do feel like there's a, a bit of momentum growing around the club in the city. Yeah. I'm sure that you agree. Part of that is helped by the fact that the players come out from the middle. Of the, the fans now, as opposed mm-hmm. to like it's way better. Yeah, that's you can really see got them. them all coming in. Yeah, yeah. It's all packed over there. And the visiting team has to walk much yeah. further now. So that was a great decision by the forty yards. Yeah, yeah. no comment. No, Steve. What would you? What are you most looking forward I'm, to? Whitecaps. Ones? I was actually going to go with this Lambo's answer, but I'm going to go with specifically one player, and that's Marco Bustos. I want him. To, I want to see him actually take that huge step and actually. Maybe even send Pedro to the bench, or maybe put him in a in a, a, a deep lying midfielder role, and, they, and he really supports um, Rivero, the wings, and even contributes a lot of goals. To the you know game. what gave me the most the that Seattle game where he came on, yeah. uh, for the last twenty minutes gave me. I thought that he was maybe a little farther away than he before that? really is. Before that game in is that Seattle, Seattle away, Seattle away oh. that it was a disaster of a game. Yeah. It was absolute, but he came in what 25, 30 minutes or something like. Was he the first sub in that game? I can't remember. Sub. They tried to block the game. I know it was hard. <laughs> it was hard to to remember any of it. But 
The uh, one down in Seattle. Yeah. The one down in yeah. Seattle. This and he came on and he tried the back heel and the box and he was linking up. He had confidence. He had confidence. He, had confidence. he there was uh, there was a bit of speed. <laughs> he's he's been watching the game the whole time and goes yeah. like, I could do better than this. Yeah. 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 I was watching the game the whole time and thinking I could you do know, better than this. Was talking to him at a residency game one time and talking about it. I forget if you were there, but we were watching him play at Terry Fox Field and he was so it was ridiculous. It was U eighteens, right? And he was just scoring whenever he wanted to yeah. and so one day he came down and he was like you know looking for a pass at something and I can't remember which coach but yelled at him to, you know boost him boost him just score right <laughs> like they just want him you get the ball in your own box go freaking score right? so they <laughs> were dead to go from the halfway line yeah. Just went, oh, yeah. yeah yeah and it was amazing right it's and like, so it was bored. I'm just gonna run that was part of it that was like the one the one good thing because let's face it he wasn't doing any developing anymore he was like so much better than anyone there but the one thing was that confidence level that you know, go end to end, like just like you're playing house league and yeah. you're five, right? Do that against guys your own age, yeah. right? At at that level, like you're talking other eighteen year olds that are looking to make pro careers, and he's just going and scoring for well, you know, I, sixty yards. Another game there. I remember at UBC, he had just flown in from I think it was Kuwait uh, from the U twenty World Cup or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. He, he, they just flown in. He came on as a sub, and he just dominated the game yeah. right off the bat of his screamer from about thirty yards out. Just like that, that thirty minutes, and that was yeah, uh, early, all that was before he signed. So yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see him take a huge step forward. And then obviously, um, Canada needs a number ten too. So if he takes a big step forward with yeah. the Whitecaps, he could be the that's he could the be one, eventually no, number ten. I don't want to lose him for MLS. <laughs> that's well, that's where Pedro could come in and oh, come yeah, off the bench and twist his that's the one thing, though, I think where he's he's got the knock against them is that it's such like talking about Laba, that position, such a, you know, it's it's a different type of role. Yeah. Is that he's got he's got more uh, competition there, right? You know, whereas a defensive mid, a Canadian can come in and take that role type thing. Yeah. He's got to be really like D-roll, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but he's got to take that kind of like, you know, attitude and just like, I'm the king, right? No, obviously, so, before, but, before he takes that big step, let's cap him. So he's, you know, <laughs> so he doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> well, play, player-wise, I'm looking forward to seeing Teixeira. Trip-wise, I'm looking forward. To, I think it, we should be going to Yankee Stadium. One thing. I can do it one. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous to play in a baseball thing, but I'm kinda, I'd like to go and see. I've never been to New York, and I'd like to see the game at Yankee Stadium. Do you want to go see Pirlo again? Is that, I is couldn't that care about who's playing us, but it, I just think it's going to be such a unique experience to... With those see a game at a baseball stadium, twenty-yard corner kick. That's like that's like saying that you were excited to have the experience of sitting in a limited viewing seat. <laughs> yeah, is I, that really something? Well, that I just realized really I, have, I have seen a game at a baseball stadium in Tacoma in the PDL, and that was a horrendous experience yeah, because I, I couldn't work out what the pitch was and what the sand was. Oh, right. At least this is all grass. I was looking at those pictures the other day, and I was like, "Man, Callum Irvin was the keeper." He was like, oh, didn't know what was happening. It's like, he didn't know where his box was or anything. But I, I'm most looking forward to the CCL campaign because Robo has said that this year was their experience. So I fully expect the team to go out, qualify for the quarterfinals, and then that's just going to be exciting as hell. If we get a Mexican team... That's not the trophy we need to win. 
I would settle for that over the MLS Cup. I would be, yeah. If we were the first yeah. MLS team to win that, I'd be pretty yeah. freaking stoked. Because I want yeah. us to be the first yeah, Cascadian team or Canadian or Cascadian to win the MLS Cup. Yeah, so that's, that's too late. Now. Yeah. We're still going to be the first Canadian, though. Yeah. Screws over TFC yeah, Montreal. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'd like. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for taking part. Thanks for listening. Just before we go, just quickly round the table and we'll ask everyone and tell everyone where they can find you online. Zach. Is at Zachary AM on Twitter. I'm part of a movement called the Curva Collective with my good friend Slamo. And Slamo? I'm at S S S A no S S S L A M O Slamo. It's been a long night. Yeah, long night. And J? I'm at at J A Y underscore Duke and writing for www.bigwilliesjohnson.com. I'm a big fan of that site. Sponsored by Kleenex, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and socks. So, Steve, where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I also, if you don't mind, want to uh, plug my kids' YouTube channel. They're, they play video games on there. Oh, Anybody who has kids that want to pl- uh, watch that stuff, Captain Star Minds is their channel. I recommend having the volume way down when you do play it, but check it out. <laughs> it's fun. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can also find us online at AFTN.ca. You can also find me online looking at pictures of Rose McIver from iZombie. Lovely goth look there. I'm also the Whitecaps Beat Reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And yeah, you should check all those things all out. All around good guy. Yeah, especially the photos of Rose McIver. <laughs> She's big down under. So we hope you've enjoyed this nonsense. If you have, come back for another issue soon. Or an episode even, never not a magazine. <laughs> you can't read this. <clears throat> so until then, thanks for listening, take care, and mom the caps. Kuchewski. Go into your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.